Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. Be encouraged in the Lord um, to, to keep up with your spiritual uh, walk, your spiritual care, um, you know, your, your faithfulness and consistency, allowing God to continue to pour into your life, keeping those uh, lines and channels of communication with the Lord and in the spirit clear, um, being consistent. It's hard sometimes, right? You know, we, we get busy. A lot of things can pile up. And sometimes it's hard uh, you know, to stay you know, at, the, at that place where we're you know, keeping him first in everything that we do, reading you know, to the degree that we need to, um, pray into the degree that we need to, no matter where you're at, I mean, there's always room for improvement, and no matter where you normally are, whether you read, you know, a whole, you know, a whole bunch of scripture every day, and you spend hours and hours in prayer, no matter what, we kind of, you know, up and down, you know, vacillate, there's another big word for you, that's, that, that's, that's the nice word, you know, vacillate, that means to just kind of, you know, be a little, you know, wishy-wash just a little bit, you know, around how we normally do, so we, we have good days, we have bad days. And it's relative to where you are and your, your own uh, consistency and revelation, your faithfulness to God, your maturity as a believer. However, I just want to give you uh, just you know, a, a nice little uh, jolt, just a word of encouragement uh, to stay consistent in your walk with God, your daily walk with God. Amen. We all need that from time to time, right? So here's the question. Why is it so easy to keep up with things that have no real value but when it comes to things that matter, uh, we struggle more to be consistent on them, right? Now, we, we, we have a, a, a generational, you know, uh, we don't have a gap. We just have, you know, a spectrum. We have, you know, uh, some who have been in this way a whole long time. And, and you know, I, I, I doubt that their big thing is spending, you know, nine hours a day on Facebook and, you know, constantly being on there just scrolling and wasting their time. And you know, that's, maybe that just doesn't apply to you. That's not your thing. But maybe there's another area wherever your mind goes, Right. You know, some of us, uh, you know, whether it's reading, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, spending time on Pinterest or whether it's, uh, you know, just working all the time. Amen. When, whenever it hits you, just say, ow. Amen. <laughs> all right. Okay. So we're all over the place. You know, some people, you know, whether it's hunting or whether it's you know, listening to, you know, to music all the time or just, you know, whatever it may be. Some of you might like to read novels. Some of you guys like to, you know, I haven't touched your sacred cow yet. Some of you guys like to follow the news all the time. Like you love to get those updates. Some of you guys like sports. You know, you love to, you know, and nobody say ow. Yeah. Uh, amen. Somebody say ow. <laughs> All right, because uh, you know what I'm talking about. We all have our, our stuff that if it is left ungoverned, that's the thing that will steal our time, right? No matter what, you got something out there. It's a little bit different for everybody else. Whatever that thing is, just kind of set it up there, and that, that'll be what we talk about, things that are time stealers, you know, uh, no matter you know, what it is. Yeah, I, 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 if, when I get, if I get a video game, I don't do a lot of you know, playing video games uh, anymore, um, not nearly, you know, like like I used to. But every once in a while, there'll be one that looks real good to me, and then I, and I'll get it, and it'll get me, man. And you know, just like you know, Sister Polly's, that's not her favorite thing because you know, if something that one of the rare ones that really interests me, then it, it can really steal my time. Not for very long because then I just you know play it, and then I you know get my fill, and then I'm done for another two years. Sometimes it's you know that's just kind of how it goes. I don't do it very much, but. Uh, Everybody kind of has stuff like that, you know, whatever it is, you know, your favorite thing to do. Amen? Some people can hunt for four hours every day for a month and struggle to read one chapter and pray for five minutes, right? Amen. 
No, we've all got our things. Like we, we can sit there and listen, you know, you know, Fox News or CNN, Lord help us, you know, whatever it is, and uh, you know, whatever it might be, whatever your, you know, your thing might be, you know, whoever, and you just can, you know, go into it. And some like I'm real bad about. Uh, I love to learn, um, but I'm real bad about rab- rabbit trails. And next thing you know, like I'm looking up, like it's the middle of the night, and I'm just reading the most obscure, stupid facts in the world about history. You know, you know that, right? You know. And I'll just, you know, and I'll, I'll even like, I have this little history page that I'm a part of, and then I'll argue with these, you know, people. I was arguing with someone from Turkmenistan for hours about some nonsensical, you know, battle from long ago that didn't matter at all, and I'm just, like, ah, I just love it. I can get on those kind of, you know, that, that kind of rabbit trail, like when I'm preaching, amen. And uh, we all have that. We have to guard our time. It doesn't matter what your thing is. Because I didn't, you know, I didn't, you know, step on it just right. We all have something that, if we let our guard down, that becomes the the stealer of our time and of our energy and of our thoughts. We definitely all do. Nobody has that because we all are made of the same flesh, right? It's the flesh. The flesh is carnal. It likes what it likes and it puts itself forward. It's very, it's very loud. It's boisterous and it's controlling of our time and our lives. And is it that we're just such horrible beings, we're terrible, and we should, and we should all be shamed because, you know, we, we, we can't control ourselves? Well, let's look at what Jesus and then Paul had to say about this little, uh, um, th- this comparison that I'm making. In Matthew 26, 40 and 41, the Bible says, And then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. Somebody say sleeping. And said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. And then there's a period. And there's almost like a, a little bit of a secondary comment. And he's just looking at these guys all laying there. And uh, he starts, you know, they're, they're all kind of, you know, asleep. They're in the garden. They're supposed to be praying. And so there's definitely an exclamation point after the what? He just comes to him and is like, what? Wakes everybody up. Can you not pray for one hour? Can you not, can you... And then he kind of puts his hand on his hip, I think, and says, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I was trying to pray. I, was try- I-, I wanted to do right, but then you know, but, you know, I just started scrolling, and then you know, I, just, I didn't ever get my devotions done that yesterday. I don't know why. Right. You know, I, I just, I, I got on my thing, you know, and I started doing my thing. I started, you know, reorganizing the pantry. I don't care what it is, you know, whatever your deal is. Um, I started doing that, and then, you know, it wasn't that I don't like Scripture. It wasn't that I don't like God. It wasn't that. It was, it was not anything vicious or mean. I just, I, 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 I just didn't do it. And, it. and Jesus paints a really, you know, he makes a great observation. He said that the, the flesh is what's weak. The spirit is willing. And he says, your spirit is willing. And he understands that your spirit is willing, but your flesh, it's weak, and you need to keep it under subjection. Here's what Paul said. And this is um, so wordy, but we really, really have to focus. Romans 7, 15 is where we'll start. Romans 7, 15. And I, and I definitely need it up there because, like I said, it's very, very wordy. Like I, like, I actually read it, and I've read it, you know, a lot in my life. And so then I was just like, at the end, I was like, What? You know, there's a lot. There's a lot packed in here. And it's almost you feel a frustration of the Apostle Paul shining through as he considers his own um, inability to live to the fullest you know, potential that he, that he knows that he has 
and he gets angry at himself. He says, I don't want to sin, but then I do sin, and then I definitely don't, but I do the thing that I don't want to do, and then I don't do the thing that I want to do. Like That's almost like the tenor of what he says here. Um, he says, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, what I want to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin that dwells in me. Like I said, that's a, if, if somebody came up and said that to me in a sentence form like that, I'd just be like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I mean, it's very wordy. And I know, like, we, especially we read it in the KJV, and we're just like, but, like, whenever you just really, you know, take it in a sentence form, like, if Darian came up to me and said that, like, you know, after service, he's like, hey, Pastor, I got a problem. And just like, what I will to do, I do not do, and my will, my will is to do, and it's my flesh. And, and I'd just be like, what is, what is going on with you? Say what you mean. But when we get into the depth of the study here, Paul is addressing a very serious problem. He is trying to figure out what is going on because I, I don't want to sin, but I find myself, even though I am saved, falling in, you know, into this rut where the things that I, I know I don't want to live that, I don't want to make that decision, I don't want to spend my time that way, um, but, but I, I just find myself doing it. You ever, you, you ever be like that? Be like, I am not getting on Pinterest for the rest of the day. Ah! <laughs> It's like the flesh really do be like that. Amen? It, it do be like that. Like, and the, the things that we don't want to spend all our time on, and not necessarily even just sinful things. Sin has its own pool. But our flesh, you know, the, the, the flesh man that naturally wants to do the things that satisfy the flesh, it does not consider the things of the Spirit. We all have that carnal man, that flesh um, you know, part of our nature that has to be dealt with, and it cannot be uh, dealt with without a firm hand because if you just put that thing on autopilot, it is going to go into carnality and time-wasting every time. You have got to be proactive in doing the things that matter. You have to control that flesh and bring it, the Word of God says, under subjection. You, you can't just live your life. You must live your life for God intentionally. You have to give thought. You have to actually take a big step back and be like, what am I doing and why? I can't just leave this on autopilot. I can't because I will drift. I never drift into the right things. What, and that's what Paul is saying. What is wrong with me? Why don't I just drift into the doing the good things? Why can't I just wake up, have a decent day, not have to worry about it, and then next, and then I, I hit you know, the bed at night, and I'm like, oh, today was a great day. I didn't even think about anything. I didn't have to worry. I, just, I naturally do what's right, and it's great. That is not how it works in a sinful world. The world is set up to tempt us, to, uh, uh, to draw us away, to waste our time, and to make us you know, um, less like Christ and not more. We live in a fallen world, and we still have that fallen sin nature. Although we are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and we've been made new, we still have this sin nature that tries to rise up and tries to control us. So next thing you know, like I say, you don't just naturally wind up where you're supposed to be. You have to be a little more purposeful. You have to be more intentional. You have to live your life. If you're going to live for God in a sinful world, you have 
to go against the grain. You have to go swim against the current. You have to be intentional. We have to. We can't just say, oh, I got saved. I had a great service Sunday, uh, and now I'm just going to glide through the week. We must keep our flesh under subjection. We have to be purposeful about it. Amen? See, Jesus understood that there was a part of them that wanted to please him and not let him down, but he also saw that they were not following his lead and forcing the flesh to be subservient to the spirit. That's what Jesus understands, and he kind of says it for our benefit. He said, I, I see you, and I see you sleeping again, and I'm not going to totally kill you because I know your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak, and you need to address that. All right? I get it. I get that you, your spirit wants to do right, and I get that your flesh, but your flesh seems to be taking over, and you need to address it. You need to take charge of it. You need to, like the Apostle Paul said, I bring my body under subjection. And if you read it in Greek and then you know, do a bunch of research, you'll find that he's, he's basically using what is known as a wrestling move at the time, uh, where you actually flip somebody and pin them down. That's what you have to do uh, in order to, to be in charge of your own flesh. You've got to bring it into subjection. You don't naturally just make good choices, not in a sinful world, not with a sinful nature. We have to be strong. We have to be intentional. How intentional are you being? You just live in life? Or are you living life with purpose, with anointing, with a goal in mind? Using wisdom and understanding and discretion in your decisions and how you spend your time. Amen. Why are we so bad at keeping this balance? You know, it's one thing to just say, all oh, the flesh. Okay. But why are why why are we so horrible at keeping proper balance in our life? You know, some people, um, you know, the, the flesh. The flesh is, is boisterous. It is, uh, it, by its very nature, it's just a little more aggressive than the spirit, right? You know, there are some people who forget to eat. Did you know this? This phenomenon? Garrett does, doesn't he? It's crazy. That's who I was thinking of when I was studying and, like, preparing. Because, like, he, he would forget. He would get, like, working and, you know, on something, and then he would go all day and then forget to eat. And then at the end, he would be ravenous like an animal and then, you know, want to eat a ton. But, like, for a long time, totally forget to eat. I don't know anything about this world, this life. Like 11, 18 in the morning, I am dying for lunch. Like, I, I like, it, it, like fasting like does not come natural to me. Some people are like, oh, yeah, I fasting for a week, you know, whatever. Dude, like, I, I'll do it, but man, that's rough. I love some food, man. And, and I do, I love food. I love to, I love to eat good food, um, you know. Love bread, love cheese, love cheese on bread. Amen. Love pizza. Been doing this thing about pizza. Like I've been, I was watching uh, this guy on. You know, I told you, like I can find myself wasting my time in creative and ignorant ways. Um, so there, I, it's in the middle of the night, and then she's already woke up like three times, and then went back to sleep. And I'm, I'm here over here, like you know, on my phone, looking at this guy do reviews of pizza all over New York City. And he goes to, he's going to like this different place, and then he goes, he's like, I'll give that a three point five. I'll give this one a nine. I'm just, oh, yeah, I wonder what that nine's like. You know, like I just love good pizza so much and like I, i've been i've watched too many of them so now i was really ate up and i was going to do my own reviews all around springfield and dayton i'm making this big plan in my mind and then it really stuck with me because then this morning uh, the guy who came and bought the you know the, the church bus got it to work and then he uh, he bought that and so i'm just sitting there talking to him about pizza uh, while he's trying to work on it just irritating him and then finally he's like what's wrong with you and i was like i don't know man i'm just like really ate up and then i went to the the pizza barn down there the, the buckeye barn Five, six. You're welcome. Anyone had it? It's a five, six. It's okay. It's a good pizza. It's not great. Canton's is probably the best. 
in Springfield at this point. Can I get an amen? What is it? Okay, I'll give it. I'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll have a bite, and then I'll let you know next time that we're talking about the flesh. <laughs> amen? We are so bad at keeping balance. It's harder to, and here's the, here's the deal. Like I said, some people, um, you know, when it comes to eating food, like it's harder for them to, uh, you know, to not be aware of how hungry you are. Like once I start to get really, really hungry, like I'm done. You know, it's very hard for me to focus, very hard for me to be into what you're saying because like I need to eat, I'm hungry. Um, you know, challenge, you know, it's a good objection, but you know, it comes more natural for some people than other people. Um, but why is it that the flesh is so much um, more prevalent than the spirit? Because I can tell you, I don't, you know, whenever it comes 11, 15, I don't naturally be like, oh, getting this word. I'm dying here. When was the last time you did that? Right? Like, we, we do not have a natural disposition to get in the word like that. You know, like, and it's, it, that's unfortunate, but you, I, I, maybe you're getting convicted by that word right there, but when, does that really happen to you as much as it does to your flesh? You know, because we can get to a level of where we're being so consistent with the reading of the word and praying that we do miss it like that, but that you have to develop. That doesn't come natural. You know, the things of God, the things of the spirit, and you know, whenever we feed them and our spirit is strong and we're walking with God, it takes a lot of work to get to the place where you're actually, whenever you miss reading your word, that it actually registers because our flesh is so much more prevalent and in our face than our spirit. You know, when was the last time you're like, oh man, what, what did I forget today? I, I gotta get out here, I gotta pray, I gotta hurry up and pray, man. I, miss my, you know, I don't wanna miss my devotional. Man, that's the first thing I thought of. I, you know, we can be, you know, caffeine, Brother Richard needs his cup of coffee. He might need one right now, but uh, I'm preaching a little longer. But right? Yeah. You know, when was the last time? You know, you, you, you got you to gotta get your caffeine in the morning. Got to have a couple cups of coffee uh, to get going. Got to have a Red Bull or something. Peach Red Bull. Come on, somebody. Um, but the flesh is so much more loud than our spirit. So I am addressing something important. I want to encourage us to care for our spiritual needs. And I want you to understand why it is that they don't make themselves quite as loudly known. When your spirit is struggling, whenever spiritually you're, you're, you're struggling, you're not reading, you're not praying, you're not being the man that you're supposed to be, you're not being the leader you're supposed to be, you're not being the woman that you're called to be, um, that, that your spirit is not going to be as loud as your flesh is whenever your flesh is not getting the food it wants. That's just how it is. The flesh is extremely insistent. The better part of us is the spirit. That is what is redeemed and what will live on. 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 53. It says, Now I say this, brethren, the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit corruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. I like that. Let me tell you a mystery. I'm going to unravel the mystery. And that is the mystery that we're talking about, this, this, this paradigm between flesh and spirit. He said, and he says, and this is 1 Corinthians 15. He's addressing stuff that he's already talked about throughout this same Corinthian letter. It's like, here's the mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. 
the flesh is, insens- is so insistent. The flesh is now. The flesh is selfish. It's, it's the negative. It's the corrupted part of who we are. And the spirit is, what is, is what's important. We need to give preeminent care to our spiritual needs over our flesh because that's the part that's going to last. Amen? There are some things that, that, that we need to, you know, that, that's going to be with us. Right? Don't take somebody else's side in an argument over your wife's side because that's who you're riding home with. Mm. Amen? Just don't do it because you ain't riding home with that other person. You're riding home with her. Amen? I kid, partially. But you're going home with the Spirit. That, 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 that's the part that's going to live on. Whether, it go, whether you go to heaven or whether you go to hell, that's the part that's going to This corruption, this flesh, that's going to pass away. That's, that's, that's going to be done, gone, over with no matter what. We need to start looking at it and be like, you know what? You know, I, I, I need to give greater care to my spiritual well-being, my spiritual life, because the deeds that I do, the spiritual life that I lead, that is what is important. We need to keep that straight. Amen? The flesh is selfish and carnal by nature. It is a promoter of its own self. The spirit is meek and is not self-aggrandizing. See, the flesh has no qualms about promoting its own needs over everything else and everyone else and over the spirit. The flesh is a big mouth. The flesh is a squeaky wheel. The flesh is the boisterous, my needs, I need, I want, I want. You should do this. Satisfy me. Satisfy. The spirit's not like that. Spirit, spirit is chilled. Spirit is, is, is relaxed. The spirit is, uh, is respectful. It is honorable. You know, it is, it is, whenever you're saved, it's holy. Like it, that, that is the part that God saves and is going to take to heaven. Uh, uh, the, the flesh is, is, is big mouth. It's selfish. It's disgusting. It's corrupt. It's rotten at its very core. When 1 Corinthians 13 talks about selfless love, it uses the word agape rather than eros. Now, eros is the, where we, the root of where we get words like uh, erotic, you know, that, that kind of, you know, uh, selfish, carnal, fleshly love. Agape um, is used over, uh, over 80 times, I think, in, you know, that, that, I could, you know, that I could see in the short you know, search that I did. And it's always with, uh, with scriptures like John 15, 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. That's that kind of love. That's spiritual love. Whereas, uh, you know, other, other loves, like, the, you know, the love that, uh, that is more of a lustful, like, like self-promoting you know, self, you know, love. Um, there's a passage in the same, actually in the same letter, in the Corinthian letter, and he's talking about, um, Paul is writing to these people, he's like, it's better for you to get married than to burn in your lust. And he's writing this, you know, because you can't control yourselves clearly, so go ahead and, and, and then do this. And he's writing this, you know, uh, you know, in the word, almost conciliatory, because we need to be able to control our flesh, but then they don't control their flesh. That, that's that kind of eros love. That's the word that's used there. There's different kinds of love. Proper selfless love is agape, and it includes a major spiritual element, spiritual love. Now, in closing, you can go ahead and play if you will. I just want to, you know, hopefully some of what we say here will will sink in and it will encourage us to uh, to watch out for our spiritual life, our spiritual well-being and start to deny the flesh when it starts to be noisy and loud and start to take control, right? And so 
I, I had a friend that I talked to, you know, I hadn't seen in a little while, and they were kind of like, you know, it was good to see him, but they were kind of complaining about, uh, like, oh, you never come around anymore, like, I don't see, you know, that much, and, and, and yada, yada, and, you know, like, oh, well, you know, whatever it was, and it's somebody that, you know, I don't see a whole lot of, and, you know, I don't really have a lot in, you know, you know, a lot of, you know, things where we kind of, our time intersects, and, you know, like, our interests intersect, and so, and, like, they were kind of complaining about it, and so I was like, bro, there are people who are very, very, very close to me who I haven't spent time with in months. And they were just kind of like, hmm. Because I was inferring that that person wasn't as close to me. I mean, I love them. You know, they're, they're, they're awesome. They're great. You find people. But there are people, you know, who are very, you know, who, who are very close to me, who really speak good into my life. And that, that I, you know, life is busy, right? And we all have a finite amount of time and energy. And it kind of hit me as I said that. It shook me up. I realized how easy it was to neglect people who mean the most to me. Right? No? It is right. It's easy to neglect people who mean the most to you. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because you know they'll still be there in spite of the neglection. So it's easy to abuse that. It's easy to not invest in the things that, you know, in the people, you know, who matter the most to you because you know that they are, they're, they're, they're your ride or dies. They're going to be there either way. And so then you find yourself, um, you know, giving more and more and more of yourself to people who are things that, that, that won't be, you know, that are tenuous at best. Things that, that, that require a constant hand on the wheel or else, like, you know, the thing is going to spin off and die and there's going to be a big problem. But the people who are, who are, are closest to you, who, you know, speak the most life into you, are the most faithful, you know, those are the people who you kind of keep in the background. You know they'll still be there whenever finally you get around to it, but all these other things require all my constant in, in energy and affection and attention. A lot of times the people who care least about us, you know, we have to fawn over them and, you know, oh, so they don't get pouty and then walk out of your lives. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking. And it's true. There, there, there are situations like that. Now, we want to love everybody, be kind to everybody. But I don't, I don't want to give so much of myself to, to one area um, just because that person or that thing is, you know, demands my attention to where I neglect things that are very important in my life. You know? The flesh, and that's how the flesh is. The flesh is very insistent that you give attention to it, that you give, uh, you know, that, that you give yourself over to it, that you, you, you pay attention to it and you spend your time doing that. It's very loud, but the spirit is not. The spirit's not like that. God's not like that. A lot of times God will just stand in the background knowing that he's the most important thing in your life while you're giving him the attention that is warranted to him to things that don't really matter. The reason why it's harder to feed the flesh than the spirit is because the flesh is a bully. The flesh is self-promoting. It's not interested in your best. It wants to do what it wants to do right now. You gotta look at yourself that way sometimes. I'd be like, flesh, you don't really care about me. You don't. Like, you, you want to do what you want to do. You're not looking. You, you want me to get out here and then make all these bad decisions, you know, that are going to feel good in the moment that I'm going to suffer for for years. You want me to just, you know, the, the flesh will want you to get out there and then get, get involved in stuff. You know, the flesh will want you to, you know, get high you know, and shoot up with heroin because it'll feel good in the moment. 
The flesh is not worried about, uh, about what happens when you come down. It's not, it's not in the nature of the flesh. The flesh wants you to go out and get drunk and party. Party, party, you know. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow. Who cares? That's how the flesh operates. Wants you to go and get involved, uh, you know, in, in sexual sin and temptation and perversions that, that, that are going to feel good to the flesh, you know, for, for a moment. And sin is pleasurable for a season. And the spirit kind of takes a back seat to that because it's not as insistent. The flesh is not interested in your best, not really. The flesh is loud, it's insistent, it's unruly, and it's selfish. And Paul and Jesus kind of both posed the problem and the question, what do you do your, uh, your, your Bible reading and your prayer life? Because these things that drag us out, that, 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 our, that our minds constantly go to, whatever it is, that thing that constantly it goes to, that is not, that is not benign. It is a thing that is pulling you away from who you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to spend your time. Let me tell you what. You will not put it on autopilot and wind up the man of God you're called to be. You will not just let it ride and then end up being the woman that you're supposed to be and created to be. You will have to bring the flesh under subjection. You will have to force the things of the spirit to the front of the line and, and because the flesh will just whine and cry and, you know, and then the squeaky wheel always gets the oil, right? You know, there, there are people like this. I, I'm not really like that as much. Some, some people will eat the most disgusting sandwich uh, with all the stuff they didn't order on it because they don't want to be a problem. They never want to be the problem. You know, they, they, don't, they don't want to say anything. Anybody like that? Are you, I can see you being like that. We need to work on that. You deserve, you, you deserve the sandwich you paid for. Amen? I got you. Yeah, well, yeah, and then some people are on the other side. <laughs> yeah, you're finding a hair in every steak. Come on, somebody. About halfway through, we eat it. Yeah, there's a balance there. But the thing is, um, we need to stop being run over by our own flesh and our own fleshly desires that are taking us further from the person that we know that we're created to be, amen? It's true, it's true. Some of us, you know, like it's, it can be that way. Like you just, I don't ever want to be a problem. I don't ever want, and, and the next thing you know, your spirit is taking a backseat to your flesh and your own body. And that dichotomy is, you know, you're, you're, doing the, you're not doing the things that you really in your spirit want to do. And you are doing the things that your spirit knows better than, that know that's taking you further away from your calling and who you're supposed to be in your anointing. Amen. How many will commit these things to heart and begin to take some time, maybe at the beginning of the day, and say, God, Help me to be intentional about my decisions today, how I spend my time, what I, what I pour myself into. Because at the end of every day, you're either gonna be a little more like Christ or a little less. And if you put it on autopilot and let the flesh control, you're gonna have a worthless, lazy day um, that you're gonna regret. And at the end of the day, you'll be like, man, I just, there's a big zero, because the flesh is a big zero. But... The spirit is strong. The spirit is important. That is, those are the decisions that will last. Amen. Let's stand. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, what this all comes down to is if we're going to be the church that we're called to be and the people that we're supposed to be, um, we need to be people of the spirit, not of the flesh. People who don't just allow life to happen to us 
we don't we don't just humbly eat whatever life in the flesh serves up, God, but we are intentional. We want to be intentional. We want to read our Bible. We want to pray. We want to seek God. We want to put the things of the Spirit and of the kingdom at the fore of every day and every decision that we make, God, not to just be locked into some meaningless existence where we serve we live only to serve our own flesh and our own need and you know desires, God, but rather to look at your kingdom, understanding that only the things that are done for Christ will last, God. We want to love with a selfless love, Lord, and not just constantly be serving our own selves. We love you, God. Help us to be intentional about it, and we bless you, God, in Jesus' name.